Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Superman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 79, New Kids in Town, and Obsession. Hi, pals. We're getting, getting very near the end. I was looking at the, uh, the upcoming episodes yesterday. It's like, God, we've got like five weeks left of Superman. No, oh, we've got three weeks left of Superman. Good gravy. Maybe, maybe four, but it's, it's, uh, we got a handful of pairs, and then mm-hmm. we're going to do three at the end. Oh, right, just no, 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 three-parter. Okay. No, it's, it, it isn't actually a three-parter. It's one of those deals where it's like we'll have an odd number of episodes. So it's oh, like, yeah. We could do a single episode one, or we could just do three. I mean, they're short, so sure. you know, it's fine. We did this once already. It's not a big deal. But yeah, then into uh, Batman Beyond, which Yay. I believe we'll be into by the end of November. So Very excited for that. That makes me happy. I thought you'd be one of the people that was like, I don't know, that show doesn't sound very good. No, it does sound very... I mean, it doesn't sound very good, but it like... Well, no, and we'll know. talk about this when we get to it. That's yeah. the thing about that show. It sounds pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. Because the pitch was... What if Batman was a kid? And mm-hmm. then they did the future thing and the internet thing, and it's like, oh god, this is all going to be terrible. Yeah, luckily, yeah. they had good writers. Yeah, and but, writers. Uh, who, I read an interview or something with some of them that were like, yeah, no, we thought it was stupid too, but like, we had yeah. to do it. So, but I mean, you know, good writers will take like a prompt, a challenge, and mm-hmm. say like, let's 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 make this show, but let's actually make it good. Yeah. What if and it didn't did. suck? And yeah. then, then it didn't. This show didn't suck this week. No, it didn't. Good episodes. Yeah. More more the first than the second. I, I would say more the first than the second one. The second one. The second one's not bad. It's fine. Also, uh, I don't know if you looked at our, our old pals, the DC Wiki, but um, second episode, uh, is like uh, the thread of that is continued in an episode of Static Shock. Oh, that's very interesting, actually. That, I did not know that. Yeah, that main character shows oh. up again in Static. So Wow. All right. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with that. But mm-hmm. I'm mentioning that so uh, you know if you can if you can possibly not forget everything like like I always do and like you often do. Mm-hmm. Like, see if you can remember that character. Uh, I will be do my absolute best. Uh huh. Yeah, me too. I'm not gonna like. Oh, we've seen this character before. I have no idea. Me, Already me fell out of my head. Yep, everything falls out of my head. Mm-hmm. That's why we do summaries, because I watched these episodes two and a half hours ago, and I forget what happened already. So why don't you uh, refresh my memory on New Kids in Town? In the year 2995, if man is still alive, it turns out Brainiac has survived, and we find that he has stolen a time machine so that he can go full-ass Terminator on a pre-Superman Clark Kent. The only ones who can stop this rascally robot are, oh, God, the Legion of Superheroes. The only, and I repeat this, only Marvel or DC superhero about whom I know nothing. Well, that's not actually true. I read the Great Darkness Saga and Legion Lost. And a couple issues of the new 52 relaunch. And the first chunk of the second Mark Wade run. Uh, anyway, the Legion of Superheroes is a legion of superheroes from 1,000 years in the future, and if you're extremely passionate about them, you love them, and if you're anyone else, you could not honestly give a shit. In a world of characters that DC has no idea what to do with, the Legion is the most no idea what to do with of them all. Legion Roll Call, which I think is a thing. Chameleon Boy, an alien from the planet Durlin who can change into anything as long as it still has his big stupid face on it. Saturn Girl, a girl from... Saturn, who has the power of telepathy, like all people from Saturn, I guess. Jesus Christ, I'm out of my depth here. And Cosmic Boy, who has powers over magnetism, which I feel like should result in a much cooler name, but what the fuck do I know? Anyway, these Legionnaires team up to save the future Superman from getting seriously fucked up at a dance. They also mess with a cow and visit a 50s diner, as was the style in the nebulous 80s when I assume this all took place. Brainiac rampages through town, straight up murdering a red-headed ripscallion who I can only assume grows up to be Guy Gardner, a DC character that I do know a lot about. Whew, that was really upsetting for a minute. The Legion takes turns telling Clark about how cool that he is and how he'll be Superman someday, and Clark runs off because that is a lot to take in, man. 
You do not go back in time and tell somebody that their mustache is going to be digitally removed before they can even grow a mustache. <laughs> Clark returns to the Kent farm, which is exactly where Brainiac knew to look for him after killing every other Clark Kent in the phone book. The existence of phone books is another way that you can tell this is the distant past. Brainiac attempts to kill Clark some more, and then Ma and Pa Kent shoot Brainiac with shotguns because they rule. Clark, now fucked up enough that his shirt is ruined, takes Brainiac behind the barn for a whooping. This whooping is so hard that it actually destroys the barn. The Legion arrives to finish fucking Brainiac up, but Brainiac does one last ditch effort to kill Clark by opening a portal to the fucking sun, which then sucks Brainiac in and burns him to death. It fucking rules. Afterwards, Saturn Girl uses her Saturn powers to mind wipe everyone in Smallville so that we don't have any continuity errors, and then leaves Clark so that they can return to the future to have more adventures with characters I don't remember the names of. Damn you, Legion, how I hate you. Okay, the way you feel about the Legion is how I feel about the X-Men. There are a thousand wow. characters and a hugely convoluted story, and I don't understand any of it, and people are talking about it all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except I no one talks thought... about the Legion because they suck. That's not true. I came up in the 80s, man. Uh. I, at one point when I was, like, seriously collecting comics, I, I was at a, a comic shop in my uh, ex's hometown, mm. and they had, like, a short box of, like, almost an entire run of some legion thing mm. and it was like oh keith given wrote on this i like that oh, guy yeah. and it was like i don't know 30 bucks for this whole box so like mm. okay so i started filling in the gaps in the uh in the collection because you know it was like 10 missing out of like 200 or whatever sure. and then i discovered oh wait there's a volume one a volume two a volume <laughs> three so every time i bought issue 68 it was the wrong issue 68 and mm -hmm. like what I'm saying is, this comic's been around for a million years. There's yep. been so many relaunches, and not relaunches like now, where they do 12 and start over. They mm -hmm. did 500 issues and then started over. And I like, mean, people loved it. The longest time, like, there was always a Legion uh, comic yeah. on the stands. Like, it was just one of those long runners, like everything else. It's been yeah. around since, like, the fucking 50s well, the 60s, era. Right? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. It's, it's a Superboy spinoff. So, like, right, right. It's old. But I mean, what I'm saying is in the 80s, there were some, I knew some hardcore fans of mm -hmm. just like I knew hardcore fans of the X-Men. And both of them I find just very unaccessible because mm -hmm. there's so many guys. Uh, the X-Men at least have decent names. Some of yep. them. This is actually my bad thing. <laughs> the Legion all have really stupid names. <laughs> this and that boy just like, <laughs> uh, what's this guy? Well, he eats matter and he's a boy. Hmm. Okay, we've got too many guys named Boy. What if we call him Matter Eater Lad? Yeah, nailed it. I can only assume that in the 30th century, the word Lad makes a big comeback. I think they just got tired of everyone, every, every male-presented character being Boy, so mm -hmm. they, they mixed it up a little bit. A lot of young lads running around. Mm -hmm. Well, look, the Matter Eater kind of undercuts the, uh, like, you know, there's a lot of threat there. You want to balance it out with something a little a little more whimsical, I guess. Matter Eater Lad is was the first like stupid superhero I ever saw. I saw him in like a, I think it was like a Disney Adventures magazine that was like a list of ridiculous superheroes. Like mm -hmm. Matter Eater Lad, that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. What's his power? I, oh, he eats matter. I bet he's got like you know a serious backstory and mm -hmm. and you know like some decent pathos and and all that like in in the book. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then and in the eighties guys... they gave him like like a serious name like Choose or something. Uh, yeah, probably. Because there was a ton of that back then, too. Uh-huh. But these guys are very classic, you know, like what little I know about the Legion as well, mm -hmm. which is they, they have all those names, and, and each one just has sort of a standard superhero power. Um, I will say, great costumes pretty much across the board. Like oh, when, yeah. When we're in the future and we see, like, a big group of them, they all have, like, a couple of them have similar ones, but mm -hmm. they didn't cop out and do the... You know, we're all on the same team, so we're all wearing basically the same outfit. They they really gave gave everyone sort of a distinctive look, and they all look great. Well, yeah, that's a, it's a distinctive look, but it also looks like they all like fit together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is the best superhero team design. You don't mm -hmm. want them wearing uniforms so they look like soldiers, but you do want to be able to tell that they're all on the same on the same team. Yeah, so. and they look they look good. They you know? do, but the characters themselves, like I did not get a sense of who each one of them like i yeah i knew what their powers were yeah and this is kind of a mixed blessing because i was praising the episode early on for like at the three minute mark they jumped in the time portal and went to smallville they didn't like you know another writer would have spent the whole first act in the future like, oh yeah showing it off and doing the fan service and getting to know these guys and i'm glad they got on with it but also i have no idea 
I, I couldn't tell you one thing about any of these characters beyond their powers. I mean, they kind of take the lead in this episode, and, like, yeah, they're all sort of blank slates. Like, yeah, what are their personalities, though? The sarcastic one, and that's kind of it, you know? Yeah. And, it, yeah, they could have gone, like, they didn't even quite go with the one-dimensional, oh, this is standard superhero team, that's the tough guy, or that's the mm -hmm. brain, or that, you know, she's the girl, which I wish they hadn't done that, but whatever. Yeah. But they, they barely even did that. Yeah. It's which is disappointing. Like, yeah. We're superheroes from the future, and that's kind of it. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Don't you have anything exciting going on or anything? Not really. I mean, we're from the 30th century. Is what, that not what, enough what do you for want? you? Yeah. I mean, we I guess. These, we got these little rings that are like blowtorches. Yeah, I do like those. Those are my good things. I love the effect on those uh, those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a person who's seen a lot of, we of superheroes with cool rings over the years, like... That's really? the thing Apart you... from them and the and Green Lantern, who else? Uh, Flash. Uh, oh, yeah, I Mandarin. guess he's got his fucking pants ring, which yep. I never understood. Yep. I, uh, he goes so fast that he can shoot his pants out of his ring and change into them while he's still running. I, okay. There's <laughs> someone in the crowd just standing there. I have this distinct feeling the Flash just ran past me with his dick hanging out. I'm pretty sure the Flash just flashed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, there he goes. that's why they call it that. <laughs> That just reminds me, and we've probably talked about this before, but the um, the classic Universal movie, The Invisible Man, with mm -hmm. Claude Rains. Yep. There's a whole sequence where that dude is just delighted that he can run around naked with his dick flopping out, and just in in 30s movie terms, mm -hmm. but he's very clearly saying, "Wee, look at me! <laughs> flop, flop, flop. I mean, I gotta respect a guy who's like, I want to be naked and get away with it so badly that I'm going to invent a potion. Yep. Absolutely. And then I want to um, say that even the moon is scared of me. Yeah, that is a that is a very good line. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, those rings were cool. You're right. Yes. Um, I thought they looked like little you know blow torches or something. Like it looked like kind of a flame effect, which I liked. It's just like it's neat having, like, I've seen so many rings shoot lasers out and just like that little like flame. Yeah, just effect. that beam. Yeah, just exactly. Like a, like everyone just draws a you know a red line or whatever, yeah. and they did something a little different, and that was good. Yeah. Did you say, sorry, point of clarification, did you say he's from planet Durlin? I believe that's right. Durlin. I had to look it up because so I is don't that... know these fucking characters that well. So in King of the Hill, the uh -huh. town they live in is Arlen, uh -huh. and the next town over is Durndal. Oh, God. Does, Maybe? Is, is, did, were they combined in the future? Is he from Texas? <laughs> is he from <laughs> the super, the super uh, metropolis of Durlin? I am from the far off planet of Texas. I tell I, you what, Matter Eater lad. I'm going to change into uh, propane and also propane accessories. Saturn girl. <laughs> matter Eater lad. Cosmic boy. Lightning lass. <laughs> oh, that's Pharaoh a real favorite. Kid. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, I have to also take issue with you saying um, the nebulous 80s. Because mm -hmm. this, be. this is actually my good thing. Yes. This is set in a very specific time period. This is 1979. Really? All right. And I can tell because they, the, the various pop culture references place it at a very specific time and place. Like the kids had all just seen Star Wars mm -hmm. and were making not just general Star Wars references like cartoons did back then, but he, he mentions Tatooine, which is yeah. kind of cool. Like it's, it's way played out now, but sure. back then people would say Darth Vader and that was it. And he like, it was, they went with a deeper cut, but like, um, there's like disco music at Clark's mm -hmm. prom, which yep. disco wasn't big and mainstream for very long, just a couple of years. Uh, the the Kents watched the Dukes of Hazard, which mm -hmm. was on around that time. Like I was I was like five years old at this time. I remember this period and like it it what it looks like is a small town in the fifties because they're so far removed from everything. That's what it would look like in the seventies. Yeah, that makes sense. And like I say, all the all the very specific references. Also, um, at the beginning, the Legion stuff is in the year 2979 oh and that's uh, exactly years a thousand yeah. years perfect yeah. so that's i mean i i guessed it was late 70s and then from that it was like oh yeah obviously mm -hmm. so i don't know i just like the attention to detail the, yeah the like saying oh we the writers who are older than this dude who was five years old in 1979 actually remember that let's mm -hmm. uh let's let's get this right no that's um, awesome the weird thing is i thought they were going for a smallville the tv show vibe because Clark never changes into a costume. He just wears a black T-shirt the whole yeah. time. But that show didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, too, because I, I was watching. I'm like, they should have got Tom Welling. 
Yeah. And then I checked. That show didn't start till 2001. Yeah, it didn't start. So for all we know, this inspired that. Mm -hmm. They watch this and they're like, okay, take the Legion out. What if what if the whole show was that guy? Well, I mean, that sounds like a really boring show. Exactly. Let's make 12 seasons of it. Yeah. I know it went on for more than 10 years, which is it sure fucking did. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I know some people who liked it and I, you know, I imagine it's about like those CW shows, which you do like. I do like those CW shows. The thing was at the time I was also getting super into Buffy and Ah. it, the shows were similar and Buffy was very, was like obviously superior. Oh yeah. Buffy, like the, the writing quality of that. Yeah. Was far above any other genre shows at the Mm. time. And you know, now of course, like we're in kind of a renaissance for that stuff. Yeah. You know, that is a good point. It's like, you know, at the time, I was like, yeah, I, of course I'm going to check out this Superman TV show. It's a superhero TV show. Like, we yeah. don't get that many of those. Yet. Yeah, and they did do <clears throat> the thing that all superhero movies and shows did, which is be ashamed of the thing they're based on. Oh, yeah. But then they also eventually had, you know, like Sleuther and Brainiac and mm-hmm. Bizarro, and, like, they had all the, yep. all the stuff. It's got that Gotham thing where it's like, what if everything from uh, from uh, Superman showed up before he was Superman? Why? Yeah. I mean, this does that, too. Mm-hmm. It does. And there's a lot of, like, uh, well, I mean, this is your bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Could have done without Kid Superman ragging on his own costume, thanks. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's yeah. a lot of pointing to what he will become and thinking it's stupid. Like, here, put these on. It'll disguise you. Glasses? That's stupid. <laughs> Okay. It's like you show uh, Kid Superman him in a Superman costume and his reaction be, man, I look cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I get if you've never seen that before, it does look a little dumb. Mm-hmm. Like we we all saw that for the first time when we were kids. So yeah. it's hard to hard to relate. But, you know, what he says is underwear on the outside of the costume, which is what everyone thinks if they've never seen yep. it before. The number one Superman joke. Yeah. To the point where no. DC was like, oh, we're getting rid of the underwear outside. Uh-huh. No, number the number two Superman joke next to, oh, really? He fools everyone by wearing a pair of glasses, oh, God, which, right. which this episode does twice. Uh-huh. Because at the end, he's like, oh, maybe I will wear these. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just standing in a field holding a pair of glasses mm-hmm. that I guess I own now. Yeah, that's what he says. Oh, I, I guess. What do you think, Lana? These look pretty good, huh? Like, you don't know whose face those have been on. Gross. Yeah. You just found a pair of glasses, you put them on. What are you, Homer Simpson? Yeah, I was, damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> um, so, back to the Legion kids. Yes. They are, uh, this is sort of my, hey, it's that guy. A weird reunion from a terrible, terrible Christmas movie you and I and uh, uh, the mayor of Christmas and mm-hmm. his brother reviewed last Christmas. We uh, sure did. Dear, dear Christmas. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Yep. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Clarissa, Sabrina, mm-hmm. and uh, the 90210 Sideburn guy. No, no, not him. The other one, uh, Jason Priestley. Uh, they were they were both in that terrible movie and also in this pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. So and also Chad Lowe, Rob Lowe's younger brother, is the other one. Yep. I had to look this up. I'm like, is that is he a guy like the other two are guys? Is he a guy? I mean, somewhat. He's the brother of a guy. Spe- yeah. sp- specifically me. He's the brother of me. Is he? Yeah, because I'm Rob Lowe. No. Well, I mean, maybe you are also Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. but I, I thought you were, um, oh, God, what's his name? The guy who played Ant-Man, Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. Well, now I'm two guys. Okay. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Welcome to the party, Rob. <laughs> um, hope, you brought your, uh, your, hope you brought your brother, Chad. <laughs> I mean, of course his brother's name's Chad. Look at him. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed how much this episode was basically, I mean, obviously just the Terminator. Oh, yeah. But it made me wonder, you know, the uh, James Cameron and whoever wrote the Terminator, might have been James Cameron mm-hmm. or whoever wrote it for him, uh, got sued by Harlan Ellison. They sure did. This is so similar, I wonder if he tried to sue them as well, because, you know, he fucking sued everybody. I mean, probably. It was Harlan Ellison. Yeah. But he sued that the guy said, that buried him. <laughs> That said, Brainiac is an excellent, like, th- that's perfect. Mm-hmm. He is the damn Terminator. Fucking just run with it. Yeah, it, and it makes Brainiac feel like a threat, which I always, you know, I like seeing these guys as actually threatening, you know? I would say, apart from Lex, who's just disappeared, mm-hmm. I would say Brainiac is the only one that I, w- I think of 
from this show consistently as being a threat. Like, okay, yeah, yeah Dark Side, but I don't I still don't feel like that Dark Side stuff is that earned. But that's fair. But Brainiac is the only other guy that I think is like every time he shows up is mm. like something bad's about to happen. I also love that he's got that like he he's got that look that he like he's emotionless and stuff, but God he fucking hates Superman. Yeah, he really does. Like fuck. Well, it's I just hate one Superman. piece of unfinished business. Mm-hmm. It's like he's managed to, to do everything on his exhaustive list, but mm-hmm. this guy just keeps, ugh, damn it. Kyle How are you Al. still alive? God. Mm-hmm. I just you hate when you be, so much. You know when you'd be easy to kill is when you're a tiny child. Mm-hmm. Nope, why don't sorry. You just go, like, why don't you just like go to Krypton right before it blows up and sabotage the rocket that he blows up with his parents? <laughs> Done. I, Brainiac, and my friend Brainiac, hello, are here mm-hmm. to kill Superman. <laughs> um what else i really enjoyed this one yeah they didn't do a lot of dumb future man jokes with no. the legion guys like which i was ready for like what is this cow oh like, god i was so ready for them to be all like what like so the first thing cosmic boy does when he arrives is like stare at a cow mm-hmm. and i'm just waiting for the him to be all like don't worry we come in peace yeah no, they, I mean, look, they're in Smallville. They appeared in the middle of a field, mm-hmm. and the only moving object around is a cow. That makes sense. And the world's most pissed-off farmer. Well, that's because a bunch of asshole high school kids have come around cow-tipping. I grew out in the boonies, and mm-hmm. that happened, and it sucked. Uh-huh. Uh, it can break the cow's ribs, and if not kill them, at least make them useless. No, look, cow-tipping is horrible. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Also, Maybe often don't... it's drunk people who are standing too close to the cow and they tip the cow onto their friend who then gets crushed to death or mm-hmm. paralyzed yeah. or whatever. Because cows fucking weigh a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing about cows. They're dense. Yeah, that's why, you know, it's tasteless, but mm-hmm. that's why they call fat people cows, because mm-hmm. they're big. Yeah. Um, Let's see, what else? Oh, so the tractor and the whatever the other thing is, harvester, I don't mm-hmm. know, the... You know, it's a big piece of machinery. Yeah. Like, they both blow up. Those guys don't fix that. No, they don't. They fix people's memories, but the Kent's farm has been decimated, yep. and their machinery is gone. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> didn't we used, Didn't we used to have a barn? Also, yeah. Smallville gets uh, pretty badly fucked up. Like, Brainiac uh, is oh, not... Yeah. <laughs> Brainiac is not trying to preserve the time stream at all. <laughs> Uh, no, because he doesn't, like, he wants to, if I remember correctly, and I always confuse him and the fucking brains from Futurama because mm-hmm. they're very similar, yep. but he wants to take all the information and then blow it up, right? Yeah. Like, the fact that he doesn't just blow up Smallville and call it a day is kind of surprising. Uh, he's going to blow up the planet anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, he he moves with precision. He's a computer. He's mm-hmm. not he's not sloppy. <laughs> Watch he does that. have... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, he does have ridiculous extendo arms he with does. like boxing gloves on the end of them. There's there's a part where he uses his extendo arm to punch someone in the fucking face, and God, is it funny? Yeah, you know, like thirty feet away. Like, yep, it does look cool, but it's like, <sighs> okay. Uh, I love a good extendo arm. I, I like it when it's a few feet away, but it was like seriously on the other side of a airplane hangar. How 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 much? How, where is all that cord coming from? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'm from the future. Liquid, okay. Liquid metal. Oh, well. Yes. Um, I do like both of us hated when the farmer showed up with the shotgun, mm-hmm. but then loved when the Kents showed up with their shotguns. Yep. It's just certain people are allowed to have shotguns. Mm-hmm. Just like now, what it should I like, be in real life. I, I think what I liked about that is they specifically, like Ma Kent was the driving force yep. there. Where Pa is like, come on, we gotta, we gotta get them off the farm. Let's go get. I, I don't remember exactly what he said. Uh, oh, she says, "Don't go up there without a shotgun." Yeah, he's holding like excellent. a shovel or something. She's like, "What are you yeah, gonna do? It. Shovel him?" Yeah, come on, man, we're farmers. Yeah, that shovel's not s- nearly long enough to fight Brainiac with. <laughs> How do you know his name, Martha? <laughs> D- don't, don't worry about it. Cause I, cause I pay attention when people. Speak. Speak, Jonathan. It's a super. Christ. It's a superhero cartoon. I'm sure he said his name 18 times. <laughs> I, Brainiac, will destroy you, Kal-El. Oh, sorry. Going back to his arm, 
near the end, they beat him with his own arm, which is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right before they send him into the sun, which, as you correctly point out, is one of the most amazing uh, images from this series. Oh, my God. The, he, you just see his face, like, melt off, and he burns to death. It fucking rules. Yeah, you see sort of his outside synthetic skin, like, burn off, mm-hmm. so then you have sort of like a robo-skeleton, which, he, you know, even more the Terminator at yep. that point. And then, yeah, because... I guess because he's a computer and not technically a person, they could just show him, you know, He falls into the to death. fucking sun. It's awesome. Well, that's he... the end of him for sure. Uh-huh. There's no way you can come back from that. Oh, fuck. Well, that's, I mean, the other thing is it's not even our Brainiac. It's like... Well, and chronologically, that's the like the latest we'll ever see. Him. Yeah. So, like, that so, might like... be... You like you know like the Brainiac dead, but like you know, uh, who the Legion cares? has a guy who's like Brain- Brainiac five or yeah. something, right? So, like, there's always that loophole. Mm-hmm. There's like I had a back door in my programming, and now I am you, Brainiac lad. Uh, if only we could have seen this coming, but we didn't. Nope. Every time. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! How did Brainiac come back to life? I'm really good at this. I. I'm a computer. I make backups. That's it. Do you know how many flash drives have my brain on them? My a brainiac. Lot. My brainiac. I mean, you're turning into Aaron Fawcett. <laughs> Do you know how many? <laughs> Do you know how many flash drives? Honestly, he probably does. Yeah. I got so many flash drives with my brain on them. Mm-hmm. They've had that technology for years. Brainiac, this is Tupple. <laughs> going to hear from that guy next week. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's everything I got. Uh, you want to hear my what quote? For- yeah, what do you got? This is a actually really cool reference to Superman 2 that's just in this episode. At last, the son of Jor-El kneels before me. Yes, I quite liked that. Yeah, like... And that's another one that's kind of played out now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, like... You- like yeah, no, that one No one was referencing Superman 2. Eh, one or two people, but you know, not mm. that many. That that was like the sort of the enduring Superman. Like certainly nobody remembered the live action Superboy show from the eighties or like uh the the Terry Hatcher show or you know mm-hmm. what is it, the Ruby Spears. Like there's been yep. so many Superman. That's the only one I think people remembered really. Yeah. But it was still great. Actually when they when they uh ran toward a, a junkyard I was thinking it looked very much like Superman 3 right before he fought his uh, his his uh, unshaven peanut flicking evil <laughs> self. But that probably wasn't a reference that was just me thinking of Superman 3. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. Gav's not even here. I know. It's okay, we've uh, known him so long that we can think of Superman 3 mm-hmm. even when he's not here. Yep. All I'm right. thinking about well, it right now. Yeah, me too. Have you seen Superman 3? No. Oh, well, if you go in knowing that it's a campy like ridiculous mess mm-hmm. it's kind of fun yeah but if you expect what you got in the previous two movies you'll be sorely disappointed i'm down i want to see that woman turn into a robot well yeah that that traumatized everyone my age mm-hmm. or uh or awoke something one uh-huh. of those yeah probably more that now that i think of it <laughs> just pretending to be scared i'm actually a little turned on i mean look those two are very closely combined yeah well that's a good point all right uh, you ready to push forward? Yes, why don't you tell us about Obsession? I will. Clark and Jimmy, the Daily Planet's only two employees, apparently, <laughs> are covering a fashion show, which gives us an opportunity to spend a little more time with the slightly pervy variant of Jimmy. I didn't like this characterization the last time it happened, though I suppose this time it's actually foreshadowing. But I get ahead of myself. First, it's time to meet Darcy, a supermodel so stunning she produces a bunch of ridiculous Tex Avery reactions in Clark. You know, eyes bulging out of his head, tongue unfurling about 30 feet in front of him, steam shooting out of his ears, and so on. Fortunately, he's become quite skilled at covering up the weird and awkward things his body can do, so nobody really notices. (laughs) They're all too busy noticing the arrival of a team of what I can only describe as the Auxiliary Village people. There's the medieval knight in armor, the 60s-style astronaut, and a cowboy who's clearly on loan from Primus' video for Winona's Big Brown Beaver. They're here to kidnap Darcy because, well, remember when I said that slightly pervy Jimmy was foreshadowing? Uh, yeah, they work for the toy man, who has another unhealthy and inappropriate fixation on a beautiful woman. An obsession, if you will. I briefly found myself thinking that this guy should team up with the Mad Hatter because the two of them have a lot in common, but as permissive as the kids WB was, I can't imagine they just air an episode that was 22 minutes of creeps jerking it. <laughs> Ugh. 
Sorry, I kind of squicked myself out there. Where was I? Oh, right. Darcy being kidnapped. Or, you know, almost being kidnapped because this is the Superman show and Superman is not about to be outclassed by any robot. There is, at this point, considerable precedent for this position. See the <laughs> previous episode most recently. Once Darcy is safe, she's sent home to recover from this traumatic experience. And Clark thinks this is the perfect time for him to just let himself into her apartment. You know... There are many reasons why I miss having Lois Lane around, but pretty high up on the list would be having someone to tell Clark that it's not cool to break into anyone's home, especially a young woman whom someone is trying to kidnap with weird robots. I mean, okay, so it turns out that she herself is actually a weird robot, but he had no way of knowing this. Uh, but before he can properly confront her in the traditional manner, throwing heavy farm equipment at one another, <laughs> yet another weird robot bursts into Darcy's apartment. This one's a kangaroo. Naturally, he has boxing gloves. <laughs> As a kid who grew up in not Australia and only knew about kangaroos from cartoons, I kind of assumed all of them had boxing gloves, which is why they don't do much typing. <laughs> the kangaroo pummels Superman, absconds with Darcy, and shoves her into his convenient chest door. And while we don't actually get a scene where he's then contacted by Metallo's lawyers, we have to assume that that happened off screen, right? <laughs> so now Darcy's been reunited with the toy man. Wait, reunited? Oh, yeah, I think I left out the fact that he built her. See, in this universe, the doll representing that popular fashion icon and career gal with the blonde hair and impossible proportions is called Darcy, from which we can logically extrapolate that there was a smash pop hit that went, come on, Darcy, let's go Parsi. <laughs> anyway, Toy Man made her to be his girlfriend and all that that entails, but she came to life, as all robots inevitably do. Good for her. <laughs> and for some insane, inexplicable reason, her sentience and autonomy have led her to the conclusion that the Toy Man would be a terrible boyfriend. Then Superman shows up and fights a video game ninja, and while this is happening, the toy man escapes with Darcy in his weird little helicopter. Then Darcy causes the weird little helicopter to plunge into the sea. Again, I say, good for her. Toy man is subsequently arrested, but no trace of Darcy can be found, which just leads me to wonder, not for the first time, why everyone in these shows is so terrible at finding people when they fall into some water. It's the most easy way to disappear on this show. I mean, on Batman as well, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, but on Batman... While Batman is obviously, you know, the world's greatest detective, he, he can't search the entire ocean, but Superman can. Mm -hmm. He absolutely can. For a robot that almost certainly sunk to the bottom because she's a robot, just like Metallo did. There's so many goddamn robots just walking around in Metropolis Bay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, out in the ocean now. Mm -hmm. Any idea uh. how we um get home? I think I passed Atlantis about two miles back. We could ask directions. Yeah, uh, Aquaman just shook his hook at me. <laughs> Get out of my ocean. <laughs> Outstanding. Wait, outrageous. No, wrong one. Ah. That is a, that is an excellent version of Aquaman, but unfortunately, we don't get that one. That might be the best Aquaman? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty low-hanging fruit, but mm -hmm. yeah. I, yes, but... This show gives us a pretty good Aquaman, but it, it's not as good as John DiMaggio outrageous Aquaman. Yeah. Drawing a, a frowny face in the sand with his toe. <laughs> Something wrong, Aquaman? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to go watch The Brave and the Bold now. <laughs> um, I but, had uh, they... Al ask me yesterday. It's like, when are you guys covering uh, Brave and the Bold? I want to do the Booster Gold <sighs> episode. I'm like, we're not. She's like, fuck. There is a an excellent Booster Gold episode of Justice League that I believe she will enjoy. All right, put her down for that. Uh, I will try to remember that. <laughs> I probably won't remember that. Right? <sighs> I And not to say that I don't want her on. I just mm -hmm. don't remember things. <laughs> Um, well, remembering things is difficult, so... I feel like we've had this conversation before. I don't remember. No, me neither. Uh, something I didn't mention in my summary, there is sort of an epilogue scene that shows that she's still okay and just in hiding. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, apparently we follow up with her in an episode of Static Shock. Yep. So I'm, I don't know what that's all about. I, I liked this character a lot. Um, really? Yeah, honestly. Okay. I kind of um, could have done without her trying to kill Lana, the... the Second main character, apparently, on this the, show. The person, the person who discovered her terrible secret. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But, like, she does leave her to burn to death. Um, yeah. She doesn't want anyone to know she's a robot, so I get it. But, it, you know, it sucks, but uh -huh. I get it. Also, the episode wouldn't be as exciting if only Superman was in danger, you know? Mm. So I understand what you're saying, though. But, uh, no. Uh, the shot of her trying to solder her own face back on. Yeah. Um... That's 100% my shit. That ruled. Yeah. No, that was very good. Um, there's a So there's a fight in her apartment, and she gets fucking smacked into a sink or something. Like, mm -hmm. like that is... We talk, we talk about, uh, like, 
some visceral hits that we've seen on this show sometimes, but God yep. damn. Yeah, that was that was rough. And she's just sort of got like a big crack in her face like a porcelain doll. Mm-hmm. So later on, yeah, she uh, goes to the office to uh, fix yeah, her just face. just weld herself back together. Mm-hmm. Great <laughs> shot of her one giant robot eye. Yep. No, it looked very good. And yeah. also, we've had... We've had a lot of robots on the show at this point, which, hey, look, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. This is this is my jam. Yep. But uh, they, they do manage to mix up the um, uh, design, so it's not like, oh, well, that's just a Brainiac or that's just a Metallo. Mm-hmm. Like, no, she looked she looked unique. Yeah. Which I like. Um, she's got that good. sort of, like, that, that, like, toy look to her, too. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, it's I a mean, toy man robot. She's literally supposed to be a Barbie doll, yeah. which, you know. Let's talk about your bad thing, because that kind of ties into what I'm saying right now. All right. Um, I could have done without a 22-minute episode about the already upsetting uh, Toy Man being an incredibly horny pervert. Okay. I agree with you. However, and this is this is a fine line. I'm not saying it's okay, he's fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying the Toy Man constructing from scratch mm-hmm. his own synthetic girlfriend yep. is a step up from stalking a real-life human woman. The- you know what? That is absolutely true. Still gross. I mean, because we're from the POV of, you know, the thing that he built to to, to shove his penis mm-hmm. in. I, I, Here's the other thing. I also don't want to watch a cartoon where uh, a guy with a ventriloquist dummy on his head walks around his gross uh, hideout full of toys going, oh, I can't wait to find Darcy again. I guess. I don't know. I like this version of the Toy Man, honestly. I, I mean, like... it's look, we've talked about this before, too. He's the best version of the Toy Man. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Yeah. That's not that's not difficult, either. Not a, he, Yeah. He, he has less good options than Aquaman. The thing is, I'm not creeped out, and we've talked about this, too. I'm mm-hmm. not that creeped out by children's toys the way everyone else apparently is, mm. like ventriloquist dummies and all that stuff. Gross. But they're definitely playing on that. They're like... Okay, there are a lot of toys that are scary. What if we make? What if we lean into that, mm-hmm. and also make this guy sort of a, a creepy pervert type? I mean, it was already kind of there. Like, yeah. the dude is gross, and I also kind of yeah, love I... the fact that that hel- that hat thing never comes off. Right. Well, come on. I mean, that's that's standard supervillainy right mm-hmm. there. Like he's, you know, like we we dealt with that in uh, a handful of Batman episodes. Where, yeah. Like, you know, that would completely shatter. Like, it's very similar to the the um. Uh, Mr. Scarface. Yeah. Like, if you took that guy's head off, it would be the same as if you, like, you know, broke the dummy. It would freak him the fuck out. Mel was uh, passing by when I was watching this one. She's like, is that that, is that, that ventriloquist dummy that works for the mob boss? And I'm like, no, this is a mm-hmm. different ventriloquist dummy. Oh, well. Yeah, look, this Pardon is an extended me. universe. There's yeah. there's room for more than one. Uh-huh. Look, the, the DC dummy-verse. Uh-huh. Come on. There's several evil uh, ventriloquist dummies on, this, on these shows. Mm-hmm. Come on. Those guys should team up. Uh-huh. No, they shouldn't. They have nothing in common. I don't know, but like I said, it's still gross, but I don't think it's as problematic as when he was stalking Lois. True. Like, you know, his his car ran away, and he's trying to get his car back. Yeah, okay, his car is sentient mm-hmm. now, but <laughs> that's where it breaks down. Where the but, car you know, breaks down. Yeah, exactly. But I, I can kind of understand that at mm. least, and it's it's a little better than him, like, just creeping on like i what i thought it was the toy man built her after a real supermodel which is extra gross yes but he didn't he built this barbie doll that mm-hmm. walks around and and can talk so you know still gross and like keep your sex toys to yourself don't don't send them out into yeah, the world please don't inflict this on the rest of us we don't need to yeah. know that nobody wants to have a relationship with your fleshlight things <laughs> <laughs> just keep it in a drawer yeah. man jesus yeah. Um. Let's see. My good thing. Mm-hmm. Um. This is. I mean, there were honestly other things I liked about this. I'm not like struggling to find one. I just wanted to point this out. The paintings on Darcy's wall. Like you see a whole bunch. Actually, they might have been on Toy Man's wall. Both. Actually, there's, like we see his. Uh, that's his what I thought. Okay. Yeah. And her yeah, apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a bunch of very stylish, like in a, in a unique art style, like uh, paintings of mm-hmm. her that are in a very distinctive style that. It might be someone just mimicking the Bruce Tim style, but it looked very Darwin Cook to me. Yeah, I can't. And it's all—it's not just the art style; it's also the colors mm. looked very sort of like simple and and bold and just—I I don't know—something about it. Just yeah, it was really, cool, right? Like, 
I wish I had the art vocabulary to explore, it, express this further, but they look good. It reminded me of the uh, the 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 pop art, uh, like the guy who did the paintings that were just like comic panels. Yeah, uh, Lichtenstein. Yes, reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, and I can see that. Also, a lot of like Barbie advertising from that time. I probably like. Was. I remember a lot of like what toy stores looked like when I was a kid. Yeah. But it also looked like, uh, I feel like I've seen very similar pictures of, like, Cindy Crawford and the other, like, sort of big supermodels of the time. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Just for some set dressing. Mm. So, that was cool. Um, My bad thing. Yes. So, at the beginning, we get Clark griping about being sent to cover a fashion show and making vaguely sexist remarks, like, what are we going to talk about, eyeliner? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all. You're a reporter. Sometimes you get sent to, like, the hostage crisis. Sometimes you get sent to the puff piece. That's the gig, mm-hmm. man. Just do your job and be professional. Second, though, your best friend is Lana Lang, first of all, who's running this event. Yeah. Uh, you, But you know her very well. You've known her since you were a kid. We just were reminded that last episode. You should know better than to assume everyone in the modeling world is shallow and stupid because your best friend's, you know, like, sharp as a sharp thing. Uh-huh. And she's doing great. Like, yeah, no, she's she's brilliant. Runs her own like fashion mm-hmm. empire. Like, can can handle herself around people who threaten Superman. Like, yep. she's she's doing okay. Yeah. So don't assume everyone in her world is just like a a dumb idiot. Yeah. Come on, man. You dick, Clark. Come on. Yeah. I mean, again, maybe it's because Lois isn't around to remind him. <laughs> Where the f- like was Dana Delaney busy or something? Yeah, right. I I, I really miss Lois at this point. Like. I've said this from day one. She's my favorite character. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's been, she's been, I mean, she wasn't in either of these episodes at all. She's Lois fucking Lane, like. Yeah. Yeah. After Superman, the main character. Yeah, exactly. And I do like there has been a greater emphasis on Clark. Like, they clearly sat down in the writer's room and said, we've done a lot with Superman. Mm. Clark is barely a thing. Let's this season really work on that. And they have, yeah. and it's been great. It has. I I've like really it. enjoyed it. But uh... And something I said several weeks ago was I wish we got to know Jimmy a little better. Mm. And he's been around more, and that's good. But where the fuck is Lois? That's the, I mean, that's the dynamic I want to see. I love those two yeah. together. I love what they bring out of each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I have referenced this a few times now, but it's really stuck with me. Someone tweeted a while back, like that Superman is a love story in yeah more than any other comic book character. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of any other comic character that has one single romantic interest. Like the closest I can think of is Peter Parker and Mary Jane, but also he very famously had Gwen Stacy. So yeah. like I don't think there is another one that just had the one. Yeah, I can't think of one. Like they've all had loves of their lives and long enduring you know supporting characters mm-hmm. or whatever but clark and lois have been a thing since the beginning and yep. they still are since like the first like she was around in like the first issue of action comics i think yeah if not very soon after yeah like like late 30s early 40s mm-hmm. on and you know the the degree of their romantic involvement has changed mm-hmm. like she used to just try to trick him into marrying her but then <laughs> uh, you know then i finally tricked married, you into so marrying me superman uh-huh. <laughs> and then it worked. Mm-hmm. But it's just she's a she's an essential part of this, you know? Yeah. Even if you don't go with the romantic angle, she's still like second billing after Superman, yeah. man. Also, I mean, Lex hasn't been around either, which yeah, I, also I would say Lex. he's third. Yeah. But the, all that said, it 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 has been nice to see Lana again. I do like her. Mm-hmm. I do like that she didn't just show up once and then go away yeah, forever. Making her an actual plus I really like her voice actor. Yeah, me too. I can never remember who it is, but I really like uh, her. It's Jolie Fisher, Carrie Fisher's sister. Oh, no kidding. All right. Uh, I believe so. Now I need to double check that because I know Jolie Fisher did a voice on this show, and I'm 90% sure mm. it was her. So why don't you just talk while I look that up? Well, I'm also uh, noticing that uh, the woman that played uh, Darcy was a main character on Duckman, which explains where I know oh, her yes. voice from. Nancy Travis, who mm. actually was also the love interest in uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer, yep. which... Oh, only thing people remember about that movie is um, Mike Myers being the old Scottish guy. Yep. You know, like it was ostensibly a uh, romantic comedy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and she was the love interest. The the titular axe murderer, I believe. Uh, I believe it turned out her sister is the axe murderer. Ah, yes. 
So he didn't marry an actor. No. Member. Yes, Jolie Fisher does play Lana Lang. Oh, cool. So uh, she's Carrie Fisher's half-sister. She was on the sitcom Ellen and a bunch of other things. Okay. But her her voice has a very Carrie Fisher quality to it. That, that sort of lower register probably smokes a bit, if uh-huh. not sounds like she does, like world-weary but still fun to be around. Yep. I miss like, Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, so the, uh, crowd shot with the reporters at the beginning of the episode, uh, oh, yeah. has a cameo by, uh, Billy Batson, which I thought was great. I don't know if that was intentional or just like he looked like him, but I, I, I didn't see it until you and the DC wiki pointed it out. And then I went back and looked, but it, th- that is so. absolutely him. Like th- that is a very yeah. unique looking small boy who is also uh-huh. a reporter. Like it makes sense that he would be there. Yeah. Well, and he's also got, like, um, different kind of eyes than everyone yeah, he's else. He's got, like, Dondi eyes. Yeah. It's weird. Uh-huh. How do you see through uh, those things? Not well. Mm, no. Not until I turn it. No, because when, then when he turns into a superhero, he squints all the time. Yep. <laughs> Guy's got his eyes almost completely closed all the time. Billy, do you need glasses? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't want to look like I'm ripping off Superman, but yeah. <laughs> I, I really do. Shazam! That's the only reason. He's respectful of uh, Clark. Doesn't want to step on his uh, his look. He doesn't want to bite his style. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, he, you've already bitten so much of his style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one last one puts me over the edge. Look, I shortened my cape. What more do you want? Uh-huh. I have a hood now. Yeah, that's not a great look. Oh. Mm. Oh, my bad thing was almost. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, uh, Toy Man is uh, uh, flying around with his teddy bear. Yep. And uh, he says. Teddy, you shouldn't swear like that. And, like, I desperately want to know what filthy thing that teddy bear said <laughs> so badly. Where the fuck are we going? It's like that thing about how R2-D2 swears all the time. Yeah, exactly. I think they made that canon in one of the new movies. I believe they did. Watch your language. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that was in, like, the first yeah. one. But... Uh, let's see, what else? Uh... Oh, uh, the the toy soldiers that guard uh, the toy man's uh, lair always ask friend or foe mm-hmm. and then just shoot then anyway. Just sh- yep. Like, what's the fucking point? Friend or foe. Oh, okay. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> yep. Uh, but then Superman just, uh, like, you know, tears them to pieces mm-hmm. and just goes, foe. And yep. keeps going, which is, you know, I can be cool like Batman. Mm-hmm. I learned Sometimes. a lot from visiting Gotham. Uh-huh. Mostly, I learned that 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 kid is really starved for affection and attention. I need to, I need to, get, I need to give that kid a call or something. Take him out for lunch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's appropriate? I don't want to be weird, but you know, <laughs> send Jimmy to be his friend. There you go. You want to stop sending me to all the, all these people, uh, Clark? No. Hmm. Nope. Go on a date with my cousin again. Mm-hmm. There's um. Oh, she's way out of his league. Oh yeah. So uh, the the ninja that uh, Superman fights at the end mm-hmm. um, is from a, a video game that uh, the Toy Man says uh, is from Death Fist Ninja, which is not something you'll find in stores. I'm like, are you kidding me? That sounds exactly like something is, you'd find yeah. in stores in 1998. Yeah, excuse me. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? For the Sega Genesis or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess they were up to the next one at that I'm point. I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat 3 was out by that point. Like, come on. Oh. Not Street Fighter 3, though. No, Quit never. calling that guy at Electronics Boutique. <laughs> that poor guy. Yeah, but when is it coming out, though? <laughs> Shut up, kid. <laughs> Got to release Super Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. <laughs> Fucking. Uh-huh. How Ugh. long can we make this title? Now we put a new guy Let's in it. Let's go to Strong Bad, Strong Baddie in Pizza. I'm already bored. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's everything I got. Oh, I liked the, I liked the look of, I, I talked about the three sort of like village, like the extra village people. Um, the sixties astronaut mm-hmm. looked very, it was sort of like an Apollo mission. Oh era. yeah. Like, uh, astronaut suit is not the standard sort of like the space shuttle mission mm-hmm. ones that we all looked at as kids, but like the, the cool, more stylish ones from the sixties. And I thought, I thought it looked great. Yeah. Um, okay. So my quote yes. is, uh, this is Lana using a vocabulary that if I were a kid watching this, I would not know what the fuck she just said. And she knows more about it than she told the police. I'm sure of it. That's Darcy. She takes reticence to a whole new plateau. I just, like, 
takes reticence to a whole new plateau. I would have to look up two of those words. Yep. Which, you know, I appreciate that. I admire that. The show doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, like, it doesn't talk down to kids. Like, I mean, it had that Nietzsche episode, or Nietzsche reference yeah. in, like, the first episode. But, like... Well, kids love Nietzsche. Yeah. But, um, you know, Lana's Lana's sharp, and mm-hmm. you don't want to, like, dull those edges just for, just for chi- children, you know? And I like that. Yeah. So, that's good. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Uh, ooh, next time. Next time we have one that I very much enjoy, and I don't know if you mm-hmm. know what this is. Uh, it's called Little Big Head Man. Uh-huh. Do you know what this is? Is this the Bizarro Mr. Mix's Pitlick team-up one? Sure is. Yeah. The title is what Bizarro refers to uh, Mr. Mitzias Pitlick as. <laughs> oh, little Big Head Man. I don't remember what Absolute Power is, but God, I hope it's a Lex episode. Uh-huh. That would be nice. It's been a long time, and we are... Running out of episodes very quickly. Yeah, and I know Clancy Brown wasn't too busy for this. Clancy Brown mm-hmm. is never too busy to do voice acting. No. Like, he's in a lot of movies, too. I'm not suggesting that he doesn't, like, have a thriving career. I'm just saying mm. he always finds time to, you know, go in the booth and growl one out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sorry, M. I was busy filming Pet Cemetery 2. Uh, was he in that? He sure was. Uh, well, guy's gotta eat. See, well, never mind. I was going to make a reference to Denise Crosby lo- lo- leaving uh, Star Trek for Pet mm. Cemetery, but then I remembered, oh no, she left Star Trek because of other terrible reasons. Other gross reasons. Yeah, so I never yeah. mind. All right, well, uh, that's all for this time. We will be doing one of our uh, uh, email shows coming up, like between mm-hmm. uh, this show and uh, Batman Beyond, which is in like four weeks. So uh, yeah. if, if you have anything to say to us, please write to us. It is Kids Love Batman Podcast at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. Uh, looking pretty thin on mail right now, so uh, we would very much like to hear from you. Or yeah, it'd be nice show. to hear from you guys. Yeah. Uh, and that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2021. Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.